Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 38. My name is Clayton Hansler. I introduced myself last week, so why not introduce myself this week? And on the faders, we got Dylan Wilson. Hey, Dylan. Hello. Who do we have this week? Do you know? Oh, it's multiple people. It's another crossover episode. We have the guys from the Pro Wrestling Look Back, which is definitely steering away from what we've usually done on the podcast and what I've usually done in my life. Because wrestling, it's not one of those things that has ever made an appearance in my childhood, in my high school years. Nowhere at all was I a fan of wrestling, but they're two really great guys, Nick and Donovan. And it's kind of, this is, we could almost call it the education of Clayton Hansler uh, when it comes to the pro wrestling world. Because there's so much I didn't know, uh, aside from that one time in Mexico that we went to a Lucha Libre event. You can find the guys on Twitter at PWLookBack or on Instagram at PWLookBack. My note here says, talk about how great they are and how little you know about wrestling. Dill, I think I accomplished that. What do you say? I think you did a good job. I thought so. Moving on. KJ and Caldwell Football Podcast live February 28th at the Rivoli, 7 p.m. I believe is when the doors are opening. When we're going to get things going there. Special guests are yet to be announced. Tickets are just $20. And you can find yours by going to a footballpodcast.com. Come see myself. Dylan will be there. Sean will be there. And of course, Christian and uh, Stephen Caldwell as well. Stephen Caldwell as well. We've made, as that, well. we've made that joke before. Now onto the Stringer Big Weekend. Friday, February the 8th. Griffin is at the Danforth Music Hall. Griffin is, you know, he's kind of an inventive DJ dude, uh, does a lot of artistic shit with music. Uh, sure. He's great. He's, I thought, like, Gryffindor the house would be at the Danforth Music Hall. That'd be great. Gryffindor. You have been sorted to house Gryffindor. 7 p.m. It's 147 Danforth Ave tickets uh, are as low as $24, and there's still some available if you head on over to seatgiant.ca. And use promo code STRINGER. Got a nice little message from the guys at Seat Giant. And reminded me that our promo code does not work at SeatGiant.com. So head on over to SeatGiant.ca. Saturday, February the 9th, Bloor Yorkville Ice Fest. From 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's at the Bloor Yorkville Village. I thought this was kind of cute. Something for the whole family. 115 Cumberland. Entry is free. This year's theme is Hollywood North. Transforming the neighborhood into a magical display of over 70,000 pounds of crystal clear ice. It's a Bloor Yorkville Ice Fest. If you want more information, head over to bloorYorkville.com slash Ice Fest. Sunday, February 10th, the February Podcast Brunch Club Meetup is at 1.30 p.m. I thought this is an interesting little club. It's like a book club, but for podcasts. You know, everyone's kind of intimate with their listening habits. You know, it's something you share, just you and your earbuds or your headphones, you and the podcast host. This is where people can get together and talk about all their favorite podcasts and why it moves them. So the Wixen Social 5 St. Joseph Street. If you want to find out more, go to this really long URL, meetup.com slash Toronto dash podcast dash brunch dash club. There, you got it. That's a lot of dashes. That's a ton of dad dash and slash. It's just how we like it. Dylan, that wraps it up for the weekend. Remember, our ideas aren't for everyone, but you can do one of two things about it. You can reach out to us with what you've got coming up on the weekend. We'll be happy to promote it at Stringer Podcast on Twitter or events at thestringer.ca. Or you can just go to seatgiant.ca, take control of your weekend, 
and pick something that you want to do. They have everything from concerts, sporting events, theater, live shows, comedy, tickets for them all. And remember, if you use promo code STRINGER, you'll save yourself a couple bucks on those sweet, sweet ticks. Dylan's used to me saying it that way, and he kind of bobbed his head along. All right, we're wrapping it up. We're moving on to the guys at Pro Wrestling Look Back, Nick and Donovan. We also have, hey, we have producer Sean on the podcast. First appearance on the stringer. First appearance on the stringer. He's refused me up until now, but I needed him to be my in-house wrestling aficionado. Uh, You can hear him on the KJ and Caldwell football pod, or you can hear him on the latest episode of Sportsfeld. He make an appearance in on that too. On all the podcasts. He's on all the podcasts. He went from zero to everything really quick. It's been a huge month for him. You know, there's one thing I realized, Dill. We haven't done any innuendos. Think of all the ridiculous sexual innuendos we could do when referring to our theme music. I'll just leave you with that. You know that that mashup you did was amazing. Yeah, and all the sound effects. I mean, the Star Wars. Oh yeah, he yeah, loved that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I amazing. I popped big for that one. Yeah, we started with one mic, so oh yeah, yeah. Forth? Not we would no. put the one in the middle and we turned the gain way up. Yeah, yeah, and that was like our first episode. Was that? It doesn't always need to be uh, about the highest quality. It needs to be about the content. The content, Definitely. of course. Yeah, no, I mean, says Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we when we started, like I we talked about it for what maybe two months leading into the new year of like being 2018. And we're, we started watching old pay-per-views kind of prepping ourselves, getting ready. Like we should maybe, you know, how are we going to look back when we do this? How are we going to look, what kind of eyes are we going to look through to at this pay-per-view? So I don't know. It's come a long way from there. Yeah. The craziest thing was like you said, one mic, we, one show we did one microphone, five guys. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we would each have to kind of take turns talking and we we did a pretty good job of like, you know, letting everyone chime in and get their points across. Yeah. yeah and that was only like our second show we did because the first one, that's what we were going to tell you about before we started recording. But we were sitting around, we watched the Royal Rumble and we knew we were talking about a podcast. I think I had started the Twitter and the Instagram just to kind of put it out there. And then we were sitting there like, let's do one tonight. Mm-hmm. And I had halfway through, you guys said that. Yeah. Yeah. Last You're like halfway through, you're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can make it a thing. Exactly. And and I got for, like, I had told my mom kind of like, we're, we're talking about this kind of thing. And preface this, I still live at home just to be, it's awesome. all good. Yeah. <laughs> Saving the money. It's, it's, I think it's great. Yeah. I moved out when I was 17. And as much as I'm like, it was the best decision of my life. I'm shaking my head right now. No one can see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't save money moving out, especially I, to Toronto. I'm sure it's a good learning curve. No, whatever. To, to you get live out the same your... shit anywhere. Yeah. Like really, honestly, a stove isn't that hard to offer. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna figure it out if you can figure out how to do a podcast you can definitely work the, the washer and the dryer fair enough yeah so anyway so i told her that we were talking about this and i showed her this this little package they had on amazon with like one mic and a little mixer and it was kind of like a podcast starting kit i didn't really tell her i wanted it or anything my birthday's right near christmas so she got me that happy birthday merry christmas thank you merry christmas happy <laughs> new year to everybody happy new year so i got that i called this guy and our other buddy shout out to him younger he's he's not here and i said we got to do this now like i have this this setup, we have to at least try it. So we did it that night. And I, I think we just called it, we didn't really have a name for like, it wasn't a specific look back the way we do them now or a round table. Um, we just talked about the show we saw 
And then, yeah, that kind of leads into our whole anniversary coming up. We all booked off Tuesday night or Tuesday for work. So after Raw that Monday, we're going to stay up and record the show after. Just go. Yeah. I admire the way you did it because my story is as about as polar opposite yeah. from yours as I can get. It was 2016 in December. Okay. And I was, I was thinking to myself... You know, I, I think I can do this. I know enough people. And what had happened is because I had spent so much time in the sports world interviewing people. Meeting people. Meeting people. But no, no, really, it, all my interviews were always leading to something, yep. if that makes sense. It was yeah. always, like I'm talking to you because I know at the end of it, we have to talk about that goal you scored mm-hmm. or the, the, thing, the thing you did. They're not really conversations. And in a like, it's fun for the brain because you're working, you're weaving, you're trying to lead them as comfortably as possible to that point. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I just want to talk to talk. Yeah. Like, I just want to chat with people and just kind of start off here and go wherever the conversation, conversation, conversation. <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it's Saturday, guys. Yeah. Hey, it's thanks a, again for coming in on the Saturday yeah. for us, guys. It's just to, to don't think you oh, drove you here. Came in from the big yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Two of us could walk. Three of us walked here. Like that's how close we are. We walked in. But it was like December 2016, and I'm like, yeah, this is something I can do. And then I told myself, like, in January, I'm like, okay, if you can write a list of 52 people that's within arm's reach, right, which in my head would cover a year, then you're good to start this. I wrote a list on my phone like that. Like, I had a list by the end of January. We launched the podcast at the beginning of September. Because then what happens is I go into this this circle where I'm like, well, what gear do I buy? Right? I you have, want, yeah. Were I you setting find, an expectation maybe too high for the, the the starting of it? Or no, I just needed. I had this thing in front of me, which was I have to spend some money on gear, of course. And I do this weird thing. The same thing happened when I bought my bed. Like I had this brutal hand-me-down <laughs> bed with like a loose spring oh, that just, rammed in your back, yeah. and it sagged. The whole thing sagged brutally in the middle. I had m- the means to buy a new bed for more than two years, and yet still I was putting up with this bed because I'm like, well, Clay, you got to learn everything there is to know about mattresses. <laughs> like, you just got to learn. You got to you got to be in there, and you got to be able to tell the sales guy what's what and tell him exactly what you want. It was the same with the gear for me, and I just got frustrated come August, and I'm like, I'm never going to decide. I'm like, this, you, that, go, now, and I ordered it over in one evening on Amazon, and oh, it wow. came in like two days, and I was like, damn it, guys, we're going. We're doing this. Come on. That's kind of what I've learned, and I don't know if it was Mike on Much that you had on your show or there was another person that mentioned just doing shows yeah, and how much you improve by just recording. Like, we were very like, oh, should we do this? Maybe, you know, we don't have the experience, and it's like now it's like just if you do a show once a week and you talk and you get around, you get more comfortable with each other, it's insane how much better you get. Reps are key. Reps, yeah, are like, reps is all it is. And uh, I learned that from my wife. My wife was a stand-up comedian. Oh, wow. And it was like nice. basically every night you go out and you know that most of the time you're going to be in an empty room when you're going to do it in front of 10 to 15 people. Mm-hmm. But rep, 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 everything's going to get better. And sometimes you have to fail a bunch before you you figure it out. And yeah. so I think that's, that's one of the big keys and it's just getting out there and doing it. And especially I think that's the thing that me and Clay have always talked about with podcasts is that the ability and the threshold of going all in and failing a couple of times isn't, isn't that bad, especially when the initial investment is, is getting a microphone, whether it's one, whether it's four, but just putting that in there and then it's just your time. 
exactly on how that works. And as long as you're invested yourself in the idea, you'll get better and you'll grow. And it's one of those things that obviously you're on a year now. It's like the difference between episode one and episode 50. Yeah. It's like it's substantial. Oh, yeah. Like you can ask him the, the, I mean the quality and audio, the just chemistry between me and him. Cause we went through stages where it was kind of more me and him. And then there was the three of us, like I said, with younger mm-hmm. shout out again to him. And, and we've had all other the love, bro. All <laughs> Maybe next time you'll show up. I know it's a Saturday, but geez, come we'll, on. We'll get him. We'll get him for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then we have guests on that are like, I kind of, I don't know how many you've listened to as well, but we have Tanner sometimes who mm-hmm. comes on and he's more of a casual fan. Mm-hmm. So I think it's cool for people who are big wrestling fans like me. I would like to hear the opinion of somebody who doesn't watch five hours, six hours of wrestling a week because it's cool to see how they look at it because we look at it completely different. Completely. So I don't know. I like that that change i uh perspective is the word that i use all the time and getting varying perspectives on a single event and that's what you guys are doing yep. right when, when you bring someone else in mm-hmm. with it's just a new perspective and it sparks new conversation and that's yeah th- the biggest key to running any conversation let alone one that's recorded is like can we not run out of material please oh yeah like can we keep talking and sometimes it's just someone to spark that next idea and then the comfort within the group to jump on it thankfully i'm comfortable jumping on any idea like (laughs) anyone can say anything and i'll be like oh yeah it's like that time and then i'll make it about me for the next hour but just being able to spark that conversation and in perspective helps you do that because you wouldn't have thought of something without that person there Exactly. And I I give you more credit for that, Donovan, because I mean, you know, I'm pretty, I write a lot of notes. Like I I do, (laughs) I do a lot of handwritten stuff too. Like I, I mean, for the look back, shoot, like I'll usually write seven pages. Holy smokes. It's crazy. Of like, I'll just write everything that I see as I see it happen when we watch the pay-per-views because it's not that I, I don't want to give the perspective that the whole show is scripted, but you just want to remember. Yeah. And it's a lot, especially when you're watching a three hour show. And then when we, I mean, we like watching some of the older shows because they're tighter, quotes, three hours. <laughs> Whereas now you watch a WWE pay-per-view and if you want to watch the pre-show, you're, it's five hours. It's it's a little much. Yeah, WrestleMania is a, a slog. You start for, like, it's a seven-hour slog and you're like, why am I even doing it? I couldn't imagine being at an event for seven hours because I would be like, well, I don't want to miss the dark matches. But at the same time, you're like, but I, I don't want to be the, fatigued by. Yeah. And you got to go to the washroom and yeah. maybe get a drink at some point, let alone if you're close to the ring. I don't know how people do it. It's I mean, like the royal wedding. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, where everyone wakes up stupid early and then just digs in hard and they're like, OK, you tell me what happens while I run and make us toast or whatever. <laughs> and you come back. What did I miss? You're like, well, Pippa, you know how that goes. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, it's exactly like it. Funny hats, great costumes, and something great happens at the end. Someone gets a belt. Yeah. And and it's honestly like we talked about it most of the time. time. And sometimes it ends with the same guy every year. But um, I don't know. That's, you know. All right. So I... I warned you as you guys walked in the door. Yep. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know jack shit about wrestling. And it's not out of a lack of desire, but sometimes it's just who I, your crowd is. Yep. I right? Who your friends are. And, and you know, I think of my three best buddies growing up, and it was Leafs, 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 yeah. Leafs, Leafs, Leafs. So when you just alluded to maybe sometimes the same guy has the belt every year, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, so help me out here. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to get down because the guy I'm speaking of recently 
left the company because he, he had cancer that came back. So oh, Roman I heard, Reigns. I heard about that. Yeah. Everything that I say on our show and, and this show or anything about Roman, I'm speaking of the character. The character. The character. You know what I mean? So I, we, I started watching, I should probably say this first, because I watched from 2000 and early 2004 till about 2007. And oh, then okay. high school happens and pro wrestling isn't, you know what I mean? You got other things going Wait, on. Wait, you went in high school in 2007? Yeah, grade nine. Jesus. <laughs> I finished high school in 2002. Well, I was working last week and, and 9-11 came up. Not that that's a positive topic, but we're, we're talking to... A, Where's a, the punchline there, Yeah, Nick? listen. So we're talking to the co-op student and we're like, oh yeah, I was here. Do you remember I was there? And he looks at me and he goes, I wasn't born. I was born in 2002. And I'm, Whoa, I looked at the right? co-op student and I, yeah, my mind exploded because I was in grade four. I mean, I don't know. My teacher came in don't. and told us, you know, don't. <laughs> what happened. But <laughs> I was in grade four when Kurt Cobain died. Oh, damn. <laughs> Let's yeah. dial it yeah. way back. But anyway, so I, yeah, I, I get Gather what you're saying the podcast, there. children. Let me tell you a story <laughs> called Grunge Rock. <laughs> hey, I some, love Nirvana, but thank you. So, perfect. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know where we're going. But with Roman Reigns, sorry, it's kind of just he was being pushed. And that's a word, I guess, whether it's used properly or not. He was being forced down everybody's throat, to be honest, for three years to the point where the fans were saying this isn't the guy we want to be our our top babyface, our Mm -hmm. top good guy. Maybe that that shouldn't I don't know how to explain it. Maybe that shouldn't be the fans decision. But at the same time, when you're getting that much of a reaction, maybe change course. I'm not saying only go by whatever the fans say, but when it happens that often, and I don't know, I, I don't know, Don, maybe you can you speak a bit like more. Try something different at that point. Like, for example, I don't know, I'm sure you've heard of, like, obviously, Hulk Hogan or yes. Stone Cold <laughs> or The Rock, yep. right? We were talking about Stone Cold yesterday. <laughs> with, with these guys, some, some things are more uh, organic, like yeah. the way that the people got into them and right. the direction they decided to go with these guys. Like, I don't think back in whenever Stone Cold started, they looked at him and said, you know, this is going to be the top star years from now it just Happens. organically kind of happened same do you thing guys with, remember when stone cold started let's go let's go to okay, our so, to, to our yeah. wwe aficionado well are we talking about when stone cold made that bit like the the jump at king of king of the ring when, yeah yeah, yeah. Just, that, yeah. No, that that was like that was his like sort of launching point austin 316 says i just kicked your ass and, he, and and one and so it was the launch of him and there's sort of the new attitude era that sort of launched in attitude era is more like degeneration x yep. a lot more a- attitude yeah but it was it was edgy edgy trying to compete with wcw was what stemmed from that i mean wcw was doing things that were edgy as well and, and getting better ratings and and they had lots of money coming in with ted turner and you know anybody listening who's a big wrestling fan knows all this stuff but that's what forced their hand Mm -hmm. and maybe now the fact that there isn't quite the competition that there was back then they don't feel as forced they feel a little a little more complacent with where they are WWE doesn't have the competition exactly as an entertainment enterprise and everything's different with the network and stuff too like i love the network don't get me wrong i i don't know if i'd i mean i probably would let's be honest i do a wrestling podcast but i I don't i wouldn't want to be willingly dropping 70 dollars a month on a pay-per-view nowadays i don't mind dropping 12.99 a month no. yes. to have the backlog for the lookbacks that yeah. we do and, and, and being able to watch the pay-per-views plus all the other stuff on the network. I mean, we have a running joke that every time we turn it on, NXT UK is on. I feel like that show on is on. Channel, yeah. yeah, It's a running inside joke because every time we turn on the TV on that channel, NXT UK is playing. So, And that's kind of, 
I don't know. Have you heard of NXT? No. Clay? So, <laughs> no. But I'm open help me, to the education. Would, at one point, I would say the best way to describe it would be like the AHL yeah, of WWE. Leagues. Ooh, that works. Which is right up your alley. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. But now... Dumbing it down for us laymans over here. <laughs> <laughs> so but, the NXT was kind of like a development. Exactly. Like, yeah. And you don't really... It's probably not a development agreement between the two, but the idea is you kind of form your character and, and you get exactly. some reps and you get a little bit of a fan base. And you're learning things like that you don't even that you wouldn't think about as a, as a non wrestling fan. Like where's the, where are the cameras? Where am I oh, turning right. the guy over to pin? Like all that little things like that. Where am I looking after a move? Yep. And if am I positioned wrong when I'm doing this move? Should I be in that corner? Yep. Stuff like that. I would say now, and I'm sure you can speak on this. It's kind of changed. And NXT's kind of become like a, a, a indie all star place because all the guys that are from you know Progress and New Japan and ROH and and PWG and all these other companies that are out there, independent wrestling companies, they're flocking to NXT. Interesting. And going there, I would say. I mean, you guys can probably speak on this too, but Triple H is the one that's facilitated all of this. Yeah, it's, that's the real interesting thing about it right now is that there's this sort of storyline and it's, I don't think it's a storyline but it's sort of Vince McMahon at some point is going to pass the torch mm -hmm. to somebody else to run it Vince Jr. Jr. Vince Jr. Yeah. yeah no but so but the whole thing is that <laughs> yes. I was right I guess <laughs> and I was Vince right Jr. Jr. is going to pass the torch onto somebody and it seems like Triple H is going to be that person along with Stephanie mm -hmm. uh, and Shane to an Maybe, extent yeah. He's sort of been in and out of the... He's more of a, a character, like yeah. an on-screen character, I think, than, yeah. than how much he does. So backstory. Triple H has been given NXT to be his baby because Vince is not ready to hand over the keys to mm -hmm. WWE. He still is sitting in the gorilla position, the guy backstage calling all the shots and making sure everything's good. And so Triple H is now like, cool, this is mine. I get to do whatever I want. And is now building it up to be better than... The WWE product yeah. is just not getting the opportunity. But now with the network, it's starting to sort of lift up and be, it is better. Like wrestling purist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sean over here. <laughs> no, for sure. And and the, the quality of the wrestling, the stories, everything is deeper and richer there than it is on WWE. But mostly that could be fatigue of three hour shows. shows. NXT is only an hour. Is NXT a North American product? Uh, well, they tape it in Florida. It's all done in at Florida. a full because sale, you just full sale you university. Okay. Yeah, so they started, that's how this conversation started. They started a new company in the UK, NXT UK, just to kind of, they're basically trying to just grab as much good wrestling talent as they can right yep. now and, and bring them up. But back to how like he started it, as far as I know, from what I've heard, Triple H kind of in the early 2000s, he's seen some of the facilities that the NFL has mm -hmm. for their training and stuff. And he says like, this is something I want for us one day. And then now that's what they have. They have a performance center in Florida that has seven rings. It's got a promo room where they can practice promos and, and gym and, and, and all stuff like that. So Which I mean, is brilliant. Oh, it's like, amazing. Honestly. Yeah. Cause that was never there when there was, you know, guys like edge and Christian stone cold, they had to kind of just find their way through the wrestling industry and, and hope that they ended up in WWE. Now people can go about it more in the sense of like a hockey or, or a, it's almost like workshopping your stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and perfecting it. I'm going to have a lot of questions. That's question. Number 17. Um, Vince jr. Was Vince senior as much of a character as Vince jr. Dating back? No. So I find, I find it really interesting. I have something to say. Oh no, that. please. No, no, go ahead. Even Vince. I won't I forget. mean, and I wasn't watching back then, but even Vince wasn't a character 
to be running the show until Austin stuff. Because as yeah, far as everybody yeah. knew, Jack Tunney was the president of the WWF back in the 80s and the early 90s. Until And Vince was just a commentator. Nobody really knew he was running the company. I remember, and I think that's maybe because of the age I was at in the 90s, because of, again, the kids at school whom Stone Cold had an impact on. Yep. Right? And you're kind of, you're, you're checking in, you're cluing in little by little. This is the guy running it, Vince Jr. I'm like, this is the guy running it. And he's... Wrestling? He's like <laughs> part of the show. And I find that interesting in the sense that Roger Goodell is 100% a character yeah. in the NFL landscape. Adam Silver in the NBA. Gary Batman in, in the NHL. Where fans... It's, okay, for Goodell... I'm going to leave Silver out of this. Yeah. For Goodell and Batman, fans love to hate them. Fans love to boo them. They are the puppet master control of everything. And they do insert themselves in situations. Mm -hmm. At times, I think uh, one that's been highly debated for like as long as I've been alive is should the commissioner hand over the Stanley Cup? And, and yeah. people just explore these other avenues because here Batman goes up, gets booed every friggin' year. No one cares about him. Do you think this comes to people booing him to boo him? Because that might come back to the Roman Reigns discussion like... I, I don't know about myself. I can't speak for that. But I feel like there was a lot of people that were booing because the guy the guy beside them was booing. and, and Right, completely. You and, know what I mean? Am I supposed to boo this guy? Or? So this is what I think. And this is something going back like to a lot conversation. of conversations uh, that I've had over the last little while, especially with soccer fans. Tribalism is a thing. And everyone that you've said is the boss, no matter if it's and, – and everyone in their – Heart of hearts in the storyline of every life hates the boss because yeah. the boss is the one who has to make hard decisions, doesn't make the decision that you always want to make and so on and so forth. And so if you were a boss in wrestling, it's really hard to become a face. You, oh, you, of course. Like that's yeah. so you go immediately to heal, a heal. Th heal authority figures. Yeah. <laughs> and so like no matter if it's wrestling and staged or if it's in any other sport, it's of course they're going to boo you because you are the authority figure that's going to have to tell people what they don't want to hear. So is that then part of the brilliance of Vince Jr.'s storytelling is that he introduced himself as a character that everyone can hate? He kind of leveraged something everyone was already doing in every other sports entity, and then he turned it into an entertainment piece where you knew what to do and what to think of him. I think it's such an, like, it says more to the uh, the reason, like, people gravitated more to even, like, Stone Cold, because mm -hmm. he was the guy, so he was always you know, beating up his boss. Flip, flipping. <laughs> flipping yeah. you know, you know what what does mean? that tell you about yeah. America? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> flipping Take off that, the boss Trump. And, you know, <laughs> he was, you know, standing up for the, I don't know, the common. The man, common man. Right. Yeah. right. So he very much was. I think that's what people man. got dr so drawn in because like you said, like everyone can look at the boss and, you know, they hate, they might hate the things he has to say. Go, They want to go against it. They want to speak up. People want to speak up, but they won't. So Stone Cold was that guy to, and that's why he got so over, and, so popular yeah. with the people, I feel like. And to bring that full circle to what we were talking about before, about the characters and, and not projecting maybe where he could have been. Stone Cold said it, and again, anybody who's a wrestling fan knows this, but the character you play in wrestling shouldn't always be a character, quote unquote. It should be you turned up to 11. Right, personified. Turned I, up to the, the full volume and, and, and put that projection of yourself out there so the undertaker and no, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of an exception but he's right? also he also changed into who he was yeah, obviously yeah. in the 90s he was the guy that buries people and worked at a, <laughs> a graveyard but as he yeah, got into right? it, yeah it's a as, bit of a stretch yeah but but once again as wrestling changed 
from being that hokey, hokey, yeah, character driven, it became more real. He then changed his character and became more motorcycle, American badass. And then moved- have you seen that, Clay? Any of that? Sorry to cut you yeah, off. No. Have you seen any like Undertaker as that version? No. Oh yeah, because that's. I'd be curious to see his reaction, just because obviously you know who the Undertaker is, and to see him come out on a motorcycle and a bandana and look like a biker and not a dead man. I'm sure you'd be taken back by that. I yeah. think at some point we're gonna have to jam out together. Oh, absolutely. for a thing, like, we should do a for, look back sometime. I mean, you already got the TV here, so it's true. <laughs> for a th- I like how I said a thing. I'm like, I don't know the things well, that are like WrestleMania. Oh, or, for sure, or, yeah. Something. I don't know. Another SummerSlam one of the or, things. SummerSlam. Thank SummerSlam's you. in Toronto this this coming yep. year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you so. have tickets already, Sean? I don't. Can you get like? Of course. Are they for sale? Uh, I don't think they're on sale yet. Not yet. No. no, no. But that's why you don't have tickets. And yet. it's a four day thing, so it'll be NXT. And they do. We didn't really talk about it. NXT does pay per views as well. Okay. But they only do what is it four or five a year? Yeah, I think it's four. But I, four like the major shows. Yeah. They have so to Survivor Series, like Rumble, Mania, and. Maybe one or two SummerSlams. Sorry. They do like a pay-per-view on the Saturday. So, and this all started- They're all in, kind of smart. It all started in Brooklyn in 2015. That was because they did pay-per-views in the same place that they filmed the show in, in Florida. And then they decided for SummerSlam 2015 in Brooklyn, let's see if we can put 15,000 people and sell it out to watch NXT. And they did it. And that was a big deal at the time to, you know, because it's only on the network. And I would say now there's maybe one third of the wrestling fans that are out there that watch NXT. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's- he said the the quality of the content is better. It's you don't have to watch as much of it. And as weird as it sounds, it's more streamlined. So it's more just to the point. This guy's a good guy and a bad guy. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have a feud, and and we're gonna see who the better person is. And at the end of the day, it's a simulated combat, and that's what we all want to see. Yes, but it's the story. We talked of about course. this briefly. Yeah. Of course, before it's that there's a lot of fun in the story. I want to tell. Um, we were. I want to tell a story. I should finish sentences. Yeah. It's usually pretty good. We're kind of all over the place. Audio <laughs> mediums. We were in Mexico. We were doing a series for Major League Soccer and and CONCACAF uh, during the Champions League. It was called uh, Chasing History. Wow, I can't even remember. It was almost a year ago. My brain is gone. And and we had the opportunity. A friend, a photographer friend of mine actually, was like, oh, there's this, there's this event going on in the city. Guadalajara? Is that where we were? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we were all together, right? Yeah, yeah. We're in Guadalajara, and he's like, there's this this opportunity to go see a Lucha Libre show. I have one extra ticket, and I'm like, well, we're rolling four strong. He's like, oh, don't worry. They're like 12 bucks each or something when you do the conversion. I'm like, what? I'm like, guys, do you want to go? Sean's like, fuck yeah. And everyone else was down. We had so much fun. I can't even imagine. For (laughs) For me, it's my first experience. It's my first experience that's, not just with live wrestling. That's wild, by the way. <laughs> like, like, it's not just my first live experience. I haven't sat down. We were there. How long was the show? Two hours? Yeah, two, two and a two, half. It was a TV taping. Okay. Yeah. For it, like what? Uh, CMLL. Oh, wow. So, it, that's yeah, crazy. that's the other thing is that just to <laughs> preface, uh, we got to see uh, Rush, who is considered to be one of the best Mexican wrestlers right now. Sin Cara, who is not Sin Cara currently. He is, uh, the name's eluding me. Is this like the original Sin Cara? Yeah, the original Sin Cara, oh, okay, wow. who's now come back to uh, Mexico under another name. And it, yeah, the name's eluding me and I should know better. But- it was it was full. Um, one of the Guerreros was on the card as well. It was a, it okay. was an incredible wow. time. I could probably uh, when we're done. I think I have the demo, the promo sheet yeah, still yeah. that we can pull out. So here I am. We're second row, which yeah, paint me a picture here for me. <laughs> that's generally where I want to be anytime. Like it's just second row. I'm yeah. like, 
I'm going to a basketball game. Let's sit second row. Like, let's just experience it. If I'm going to do this once in my life, of course. let's really do it. And the difference of the price was like $12 to eighteen fifty. Yeah. I, I said to the guys, I'm like, don't worry. I got this. Uh, it's on me. I'll look like a hero for once in my life. So you kind of, you walk down, you walk down. And it's not a gigantic auditorium. But at the same time, I was, I would liken it to what was the Hershey Center. Okay. Uh, what's it called now in Mississauga? The uh, they already Paramount changed, Fine they already Foods. They changed the name of that? Yeah, they I didn't did. Even it's know now that. Paramount Fine Foods or something yeah. like that center. Great Basically, name. yeah, <laughs> you, you're probably fully packed 8,000 people. Not not that different than Rico. Yeah, I would say it was a bit smaller. I think it a holds smaller? about like a junior arena, like a 2,000 to 4,000. Oh, is it? I, I think so. Like a, I'm just in awe. Okay. Like, <laughs> but it's still big. <laughs> oh, for sure. I thought, I'm, I'm getting in and I'm like, this is incredible. And you have like the ring set up and you have the ramp set up. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is pretty dope. And we're kind of getting into it. And I think my three takeaways, we talked about this yesterday, my three takeaways. One, there was a cage around like the common fan. There was the floor seats, I guess. But if you were in the stands or bleachers, there was a fence with barbed wire around the top. And there's this what? amazing back and forth that would happen between the, I'm going to call it, it's mean to say, the common fan and like the floor fans. Okay. Where one would yell and the other group would yell back to them. And This is all in Spanish too. It, oh yeah, I oh, didn't understand a word. Amazing. I was like, hey, underlay. <laughs> Otro mas or whatever. That's not even yeah. the right word. Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cerveza, por favor, dos. This is, this is now our third language we've spoken on the podcast still. Oh. We're getting pretty good. So that, there was, there was a dynamic there where the fans know their roles, right? That they know that there's this dynamic, not just with the wrestlers and and who the hero is and who the villain is, but also amongst themselves, there's this back and forth, which made it a lot of fun. Yeah. Secondly, there's like the godfather, apparently, of rest. I don't know who he is, but there's a man in front of us in the first row okay. that is getting free food and free drinks for him and his friends. He's probably in his uh, 50s? It might be 60 or Maybe. 70. Okay. It's definitely well. grayer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my interpretation of 50 is different. Yeah. Because I think fifth anyway. I'm 15 years away from 50, so you don't look at it all, Sean. Thank you. Yeah. You look great. <laughs> Baby face that. right yeah. here. Yeah. Using a wrestling term. <laughs> so not only was he getting all this free stuff, which you know, oh, you must be a VIP. Every wrestler would come down, shake his hand, oh, wow. and like they do pictures or he do a picture with whoever. So maybe he was an ex-pro yeah. or I, I'm not sure. So we have this dynamic, but he was vocal. Okay. Like he's yelling at the cage common fan back there. He's giving shit to the guys in the ring who he doesn't like. I wonder if it was a politician or something like that. No, I, <laughs> I don't know if he looked like, well, he could have been a Mexican politician. Yes. You but, never know. Yeah. But. And third, they had sub five foot individuals. As part of the show. And that is probably the best way I can put it without getting myself in shit. Um, There were people that were of a different size than the rest. And it was fucking great. Like it was the whole show was nuts. And that just adds to it sounds terrible. But there's a dynamic and everyone's a dynamic. And and you're the this guy or you're the that guy or this woman or the that woman. And sometimes you're masked and sometimes you have assless chaps or whatever. (laughs) Or sometimes you're just under five feet and that's your identity. And have like, didn't he have wings? 
and like a beak on him, like oh, yeah. a falcon or something. That's amazing. It was fucked. <laughs> like, and this was my first time. Yeah. And we're just like, keep the beers rolling. Oh, yeah. Because this is getting better the more I drink. Wow. And they have their little walkouts. And guys, this is all obvious stuff for any wrestling fan. But you get tossed out of the ring and, and literally just go soaring between the ropes. The fact that oh, they yeah. know how to like maneuver. And not get their leg clipped. And, right. Yeah. But just fly out and you know the thing where you roll or whatever. You land probably yeah. somewhat safely. But you're still fucking flying out of the <laughs> ring. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And it's all happening right in front of you. And it's like, all happening right in front of you. But to go back to the whole story thing, the storylines were very clear. Yes. Right? In 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 just the introductions, yeah. being not only not a Mexican wrestling fan, yeah. but not knowing wrestling at all, I really know who I'm supposed to cheer for, yes, that's... who I'm not. It's not in English, remember, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I can't understand anything they're saying, but I understand just by the theatrics of it all who I'm supposed to like and who I'm not supposed to like. And then after that, it is no different. This is going to sound really funny, but kind of like going to a ballet in the oh, sense totally that it, it is it is a physical exercise, right? Which you kind of, uh, I remember I dated a dancer for a while and I saw ballet completely different because they're like, you know how hard this is or how whatever. But right? they make it look so elegant. You see, right. You see the mechanics of it all. And then there's the story Right, yeah. ballet is all planned. Oh, of course. Right, but and it, then you see the story behind it, and then I'm like, yeah, this is, this is cool. And I don't know where I was going with the story, with this whole tale, but no, it was awesome for sure. And it comes back to what we talked about on our best of show. If and I think I posted a clip of it as well. But it, if you can't buy in to what you're watching, then for first of all, maybe you should be watching something else. But second of all, that makes or breaks how you can look at it. And maybe that's one of the reasons why professional wrestling is what it is you don't need to know everything to to be able to buy in. If you're watching something like that in another country, you can't understand, you don't know the wrestlers, you've never seen wrestling live, that still blows my mind that that was the first time you, you saw a wrestling <laughs> show live. That's so cool. First time I saw a wrestling show, Yeah, I mean, period. you're not really yeah, flipping yeah. it on. And you said if, if you're, yeah. you know, hockey, 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 when you're a kid too. So I don't know, that's awesome. But I think you definitely have to try and maybe talk to your friend Caroline See oh. if she can hook you up with some SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, of course you guys would know Caroline. Oh, yeah. We don't need to be hooked up. We can just go buy tickets. We can be, well, I just mean... Uh, we, 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 can <laughs> sit, we can sit in common folk seats, right, Sean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Get again. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, we it, actually, I actually met Caroline at uh, the SummerSlam this past summer. Or yeah, not SummerSlam, yeah. sorry, SmackDown. SmackDown. When yeah. we were there, we walked in and I looked over and she was there with Jimmy and, and Nug and... I was looking. I'm like, is that Caroline Sved? And then, I don't know. Sved? Yeah. Sved? 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 Um, <laughs> Sved? Sved? I think we're Sved. We're Sved. Sved. Yeah. Uh, we're safe if we say Sved. The story she told with the name for soccer was SVD. I was, yeah, I was laughing. We loud, uh, we were texting this morning, and and I like at the end I went hashtag SVD, and she's just like, "You're fucking hilarious." <laughs> That's like, awesome. Have a good day. Well, tell her the look back, guys. Are big fans. So. I will. A hundred percent. What does that show bring? So that's the Monday night. It's Tuesday, actually. It's on on Shit. 7.30. No, it's all good. It's on at 7.30 before SmackDown. So, so is it a preview show then? Is that what they do? Yes, but I don't think it's, it's recorded right before SmackDown. They record no, it. No, it's a day record. Yeah. So back in the day, I used to work for The Score. Okay. And so, hey. the so yeah, the original Aftermath crew, like uh, I worked with quite a bit. Wow. Okay. So yeah, so that's Renee, really cool. Arda, and Moro. Uh, worked with them and they they used to do aftermath was after 
Monday Night Raw. Exactly. And, and it sort of found its new transition through uh, different hosts. Jackie was the host mm-hmm. for a while, and then Caroline. Yeah, yeah, I watched a bit when Jackie was hosting as well. The the it was it's it's interesting because it was such a big conversation prior to WWE Network and prior to ancillary like content. Mm-hmm. It was like we need to figure this out. We need to find out where we can make more because. WWE was the moneymaker for the score at the time. It got 500, 600,000 views yeah. uh, an episode. It was, it was the only thing that the score had. So they're like, we need to keep And SmackDown it. was always there. Yeah. Because when I was younger and I was watching Raw was on TSN and yeah. SmackDown was always on the score because I remember the ticker. What is the difference between Raw and SmackDown? Sorry, guys. No, it's... Uh, is it it's, the same federation? Yeah, well, like, it's WWE, both, right? It's basically okay. just two different shows. Eastern it's, Conference, Western Conference? That's yeah. A that's, a oh, that's, that's a good example. Yeah. yeah. Thank With, you, Sean. That was great. I mean, minus the the actual East and West aspect of it, but yeah, yeah right. that's it's it's basically the same show. But but their show, yeah, it's a half an hour. It's on from seven thirty to eight before the show, and they talk about kind of everything that happened in the week prior. So they don't talk about what happened on Raw last night because I think like the night before because they hadn't they've already filmed it exactly yeah. right. But um, on that show is Jimmy Corderas, who's a former WWE referee. He refed some, what did he, I think his Undertaker and Edge WrestleMania main event. Oh, yeah. He was like, no, best known for what? His all SmackDown career. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff over on SmackDown. Yeah. If you looked him up. What does a referee do in wrestling? It's that's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, everyone shrugging at the table. Let me, I was going to say, like, the other host on the show is Santino Morella or Anthony. Corelli? Yeah, yeah, Anthony Corelli. Who Donovan can speak more on because well, I'll let you. Yeah, because he, so he's a former WWE wrestler and he has a training school in uh, Mississauga Battle Arts Academy. And I went there for a little bit as well. So he. I mean, I <clears> thought <throat> maybe you could speak one no, on no, no, he, that and then the, re- the referee aspect. Too, yeah, the referee matches. aspect. I was going to say, like, I don't know, with I give it, get, get really behind the scenes here. Like, the ref has like such a huge part in wrestling because they, you know what I mean? They're really. They keep track of time because they've got an earpiece to keep track of the time in the show. My mind is legit blown right now. Yeah. And and they're also like the safety net for the wrestlers. So if me and you are wrestling mm-hmm. and I pop my shoulder out, mm-hmm. I need to let Donovan know, the referee, that my shoulder's out. He needs to tell you not to come touch me. It's like a floor director. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. They're extremely important. That's incredible. Yeah, because a lot of people, you know what I mean? The perception is, oh, they're just... It's just out there acting around like the rest. Pylons, yeah. exactly. But no, it, when it, if when when stuff gets serious, they're super important. Mm. I mean, yeah, no, definitely. You can speak to it because I know you've done a few matches and I, stuff at Battle Arts. So. The the ref is like, yeah, very responsive. Let's say in a match, um, the crowd is not so into it. You know, the referee can be the guy to say, "Okay, guys, like wrap it up," mm-hmm. and still keep it so discreet that you know people aren't gonna tell what's happening. As far as the the counts, the one the mm-hmm. one two three. Ref has a huge part in even guys maybe getting an extra kick out sometimes. Go a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Or like, because the whole <laughs> go, sh- Don't stop now, but I'm tired. No, don't stop. <laughs> You're getting paid to go. But yeah, sometimes, you know, like maybe a, the segment two on Raw went a little long. Mm-hmm. So they have to shorten the third match. So the ref will tell them. Maybe that isn't decided until the match has already started. Completely. So they're letting the ref know, hey, let the guys know that they got to wrap it up in nine minutes. Or, or whatever the time. Is nine minutes a short match? I would say 10 minutes is about average for a Monday Night Raw. Yeah, Monday Night Raw, yeah. You're not getting anything too long. Maybe yeah, the last yeah, match. Course. That can go down a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about matches? That's I'm, unfortunate, right? 
What, like, they're only getting 10 minutes? Like, well, I'm just saying, like, Monday Night Raw is like a, it's a three-hour show yeah. of wrestling. And, like, when that first got announced, I was so excited because I'm like, wow, we can finally get, you know, maybe a half-hour pay-per-view style match on Monday. That's so cool. Or maybe an hour match. Not, not really so much. No, no, it's, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. they don't, like, take more advantage of something like that. Yeah, I, you know? I, I would need to know much about more like their Behind. days, days on the road. Yeah, like, because that's that's, that's like your body goes through so much, and that's the great thing about some of the indies, right? You're gonna get 30 minute matches because they're gonna show once, once every two weeks, once every three weeks. You get this opportunity to, mm-hmm. to really show. But at Raw, if you're traveling every single day, and even if you're not working, it just does a lot out of you. So I, that's I would love to know from a wrestler perspective if they feel like they could go longer or if the the medical size, your body's going to break down yeah. more, that kind of thing. Yeah. But from a fan perspective, yeah, I want I want every, oh, not every match because that's not ridiculous, every, no, no. but I, I would like the opportunity to see longer storytelling in a match through that um, and less time with random people on yeah. microphones and segments. and and. I don't mind the segments as much on Raw because I, I almost feel like I watch, and I want to get your opinion on this, but I, I feel like I watch Raw to forward storylines most of the time. Yeah. And I watch the pay-per-views to see the culmination of those storylines i really 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 can't stand commercials during matches it takes <laughs> it takes me out of it so much yeah. it's unbelievable and i'm curious like i even don i don't know how much you like it or not but that's that's the big thing for me if they found a way to not be going to commercial breaks in the middle of a match because it goes back to the buying in mm-hmm. i'm bought in i'm i've forgot what time i need to be at work tomorrow I'm watching this and this is what matters at the moment. And then we'll be right back. So you have, for me to understand, you have SmackDown and you have Raw, Raw, yeah. right? Both are weekly. Yeah. Yep. Both are on conventional television networks. Yeah, Sportsnet yeah. 360 now. Right, which is why you have commercials in. Because yeah, it's, it's understand. I mean, the commercials so when, pay for the show. I understand I just, that aspect I of it. Like, but let I me just, give you a small education it's, it's on the, how these guys get paid. It's the placement of them. And trust me, yeah, right. I understand the TV deal that they've signed for next year with Fox is paying for a lot of the stuff that that's happened in the last little while. Cause they've signed a, I mean, you might know more of the numbers than me, but they signed a huge deal for SmackDown to be moved over to Fox in the States next year. So, and who are they with this year? USA. USA. Yeah. And raw, oh, wow. raw is, still that gonna, is a massive and move. it's billion. Yeah. Like that's what I mean. I didn't want to get specific cause <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the exact numbers, yeah. but lots of zeros. Yeah. Just keep adding on the zeros on the end. So, and apparently Fox, again, rumors, wants a little bit more of a sports vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're going to get longer matches yeah. on SmackDown. Hopefully we'll see. I just think that there's a way that you can figure out to place the commercials better than the match starts and then we get a commercial. It's like, what? what just ha- Or like, it goes dark, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, inside the building when you go to a show that goes dark and then they come back and the match starts. But I don't know. Maybe it's a me nitpicking actually, a little bit. But. That would be interesting to experience. Again, me not having experienced anything live. That would be really interesting to experience live. These pauses. It's very much rest, for the TV yeah, audience. Rest holds. Yeah, like, that too. You'll if get you're a, in the middle of a match, it'll just be like, oh, either somebody gets thrown out of the ring and hurts their knee and they just lay down there for, thir- <laughs> for 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, and then they'll like hold a I'll take headlock. Play and put them in a headlock for 30 seconds. And then they'll come, yeah, and then they'll come <laughs> back and he's still in the I'm headlock. Fragile. And you're like, it's yeah, it, it takes, takes the fan base out of 
the arena. And that's sort of Completely. the biggest thing to sort of bring back because you're like, if you're not getting excitement and cheers and pops in the arena, then you're not going to feel it at home, especially mm-hmm. if you've just been cut out completely from from the match that you're, yeah, the in-between breaks always used to kill me a lot. That, that would be one thing like for you, if you were to go to a Monday Night Raw opposed to like a, a SummerSlam or a pay-per-view, I'd be curious to know because as much as maybe it's not the way that they want it, the show that they do on Mondays and Tuesdays, that's for the TV audience. Right. The fans in the in attendance, don't get me wrong. Go if, if you like wrestling, go go watch SmackDown or Raw. But that you're almost a more of a prop for the TV show. Yeah. Um You're a background extra. Exactly. And you can notice it now with the lights. You watch wrestling from the eighties or the even the early nineties, the crowd or even NXT mm-hmm. now. The crowd is black. The crowd is dark. There's no lights on in the crowd. We're here to see the wrestlers. The ring is lit up, and that's what we're here to watch. Whereas if you watch Raw or SmackDown, the whole crowd is red or the whole crowd is blue. I don't know. Again, I don't know if I'm nitpicking too much, but no, I find it interesting. Passionate. (laughs) No, no, no. I was just. I don't think he's nitpicking. I was just saying like that's for me. I love the pay per views. Mm -hmm. Just like I don't know. I'll watch the weekly show. Definitely storyline progression and stuff like that. But I can go a couple weeks without it. Like I won't watch religiously every week sometimes i'll just maybe go check a highlight yeah. on youtube or talk to nick about yeah, it yeah i'm not, i'm I, i'm pretty bad i'm like an old man with his soap opera nick's when, when it comes down. to raw I guess. <laughs> to be perfectly honest uh i i pop in probably for raw or smackdown once every like quarter let's yeah, call okay, it that yeah. but i'll watch all the pay-per-views because yeah. i feel like i can get into it because i to sort of not to slag on raw and smackdown but and they even feel it now, but the last year, two, three, it's an infomercial. It's an infomercial for people to buy the network mm-hmm. and getting you into the network. And, and that's, it's, it's just become a lot of less about the wrestling yeah. and less about anything else other than, can you please subscribe to this thing and give us your money so that you can get real wrestling over there? And obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but that's what, da, it da, 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 da. but that's, what's exciting about the Fox deal is that there's real tangible money at the end of this deal. That's going to force them to show bigger names, bigger, bigger matches yeah. and entertain more because yeah, it's real dull right now. Does that then pull away from the pay-per-view events? A little bit if you're pushing some of your big climaxes to to the Fox. It, it definitely could. It, it could. It could also bring more wrestlers to the forefront and give an opportunity. Right. So it's not always the same two main eventers fighting every pay per view or three or four. It's like it's giving an opportunity to somebody else who may not have it. That being said, that's very very pie in the sky. Yeah, like there's wrestlers who were on the uh, SmackDown roster last year for an entire year did not wrestle a match. Like, Whoa! That's... Yeah, we talked about that. We were saying what, what Shelton Benjamin recently too in yeah. SmackDown. Oh, yeah. I kind of said to him, I don't know where they are if they're all playing poker in the back with yeah. the APA. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> inside wrestling joke there. But yeah, it's don't get me wrong. I I still I mean we wouldn't do a show right. weekly if we didn't get enjoyment out of it, oh. and I'm kind of the same way you are with with the other types of wrestling. Like I, I pop into ring of honor in new Japan. Yeah. Um, you know, semi maybe once a month here and there and I'll go to the shows. Like I went to the, the ROH show at, at uh, Madame. Yeah. Not like, and I love to So I go and meet to every time I get a chance to go meet her. I was a big fan of her when she was in WWE and she got let go. And it's like to see someone still, you know, she's like, I'm not giving up on this. Mm-hmm. They let me go. I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I can do to, to make it. And then when we met her and we told her this, I'm getting off topic, but that, we all went crazy when we seen her come out for, for ROH and mm-hmm. she literally got goosebumps and looked up at us and was like, wow, you just gave me goosebumps. And we were like, 
Holy fuck. Well, <laughs> you brought up the show and doing it weekly. Yeah. I want to, can, can I, can we dig into that a yeah, little bit in the show and, and that of kind course. of stuff a yeah. little bit? It's, you guys launched on YouTube. Yeah. Right? You launched it on YouTube, which I find incredibly interesting. Different, maybe? I don't know. Different. Yeah. Uh, 100% different. But in in the last few days, uh, I've thought a lot about why, a lot of reasons why that is smart and why I think it's smart. Okay. But I'm curious because can, it might be right, different than why I, I... Completely. And I want to pick your brain. Yeah. When you guys uh, launched Pro Wrestling Look Back, why did you choose to go YouTube first? Especially when it's basically a, a static graphic, mostly, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Honestly, it was, it was simple. And it, it could be done easily. I mean, it goes back to my wrestling clips and videos that I posted when I was 12 years old about our, our trampoline wrestling backyard XAW company. <laughs> That shit's dangerous. Yeah. Straight up. And well, <laughs> try doing a hurricane run on a trampoline. It's, <laughs> it's it can get dangerous. But anyway, so I can I, Google that once I, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Go look it up. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, I can show it to you. But so I knew what to do with YouTube mm-hmm. and I wasn't too familiar with how to get on other podcast apps and this and that, but we wanted to do the show. And mm-hmm. I kind of said to the guys, I'm like, we can mess around for a, a month. I don't know, it might be easier than I think it is, yep. but we can mess around and try and figure out how to do this. Or we can just do it now and put this on YouTube and yeah. spend zero money. The only money that we've spent on the show since launch is on equipment. Right. That's it. And maybe Younger put a couple dollars down on an ad when we first launched on on Instagram, which I want to start doing more of. But my mentality, and Donovan can speak for me as well, I've just said to him since day one, let's just keep hitting the bag. Mm-hmm. Just keep hitting that bag, and eventually something's going to happen. And if we just keep, it's like a Rocky movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that goes back to last week. Eh? If he dies, he dies. <laughs> he kept doing that the other night. I'm like, where's that from? I know this. I just I can't think. Of it. Yeah, like, okay, that makes sense. He's like, what's it from? <laughs> I didn't tell him. I, love I just pulled it up. On, I just pulled <laughs> it up on YouTube, yeah, and then we're watching. Does. It's like, oh, he does. What was I saying? Oh my god. Uh, going to YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Bag. Hitting the bag, exactly. The bag. <laughs> so it was free. And if we just keep consistently putting out content, then maybe somebody will notice and, and, and we can make some noise and, and, and just keep going at it. And we enjoy it. That's the thing. And it comes back to what we talked about however long we've been recording. The practice is so key. The more mm-hmm. shows you do, the better we're going to get. And like I said, the chemistry has come leaps and bounds since the first episode to, to last week. It's fun and uh, no matter who I talk to, no matter what we've been talking about, like I've collectively, we've been in the industry in media for a long time. If you had yeah. my years plus Sean years, even plus Dylan's years now, because you think of it, we we're talking, you went into school in 11, in 2011, he went into school. He so went, I, can I ask Dylan how old are you? Uh, 26. Oh, we're the same age. Okay, there perfect. We well, we got some kinship on yeah. that side <laughs> of the table. We have, we have the old gray hairs. <laughs> On, on There's no the gray table. hair on my goddamn body. <laughs> he plucks it every morning. <laughs> or ask me to. No. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so you've been in you've been doing this but type of stuff for a while. For, for a while, but no matter who you talk to, especially when they're like, I want to do something for a first, for the first time, or someone who uh kind of wants to try something new in media, meaning like you get a lot of people who enter in 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 you know production assistant roles, editing assistant roles, and they do have this idea of of voicing an opinion, mm-hmm. whether it's becoming a writer or becoming a personality vocally, they're becoming play by play. Exactly, they're creative and they want to have a way to demonstrate that. And no matter what, you're you always tell them do the free thing and just keep doing it because you're going to learn something about yourself, and that thing you learn about yourself 
might be I don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Right? I spent three or four years on camera and it taught me that, no, no, I really like having a voice. That whole intermission analysis pre-games wasn't for me at for all you. because I learned what it meant to have a producer and have someone tell me what to do <laughs> and what to say. <laughs> and you weren't a huge fan of that. I either. was, well... It was just conflicting because I had come from a writing world in which it's my opinion, right? I go into a reporting world. When you're reporting, you're kind of – you're sent out to do a story, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And then you go into a TV environment where it's someone else's show and you have to really realize that and really respect it. And I wasn't mature enough at the time, I think. That you're to, just a piece To really of appreciate, that. yes, that I'm a piece of their show and I'm helping them bring to fruition what, what they the, realize. And in is. my head, I'm like, whoa, 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 I've got my own vision for this. And so then I broke off and I'm like, let's try some, some yeah. things new where I can produce it. But that's what I learned. I learned in years that the, this is actually something I don't want to do. And if someone, you know, sits there with their uh whether it's you know creating a podcast with a microphone or sitting there with their eyesight or whatever or or video cam yep. uh you know creating a daily blog or, yep. or recap blog or whatever it teaches them things that they don't know about themselves or even how to work yeah. in an environment with others and how to leave those spaces you know for someone to talk and not step over each other and 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 have a really good on-air dynamic or even something silly you talked about all the pages that you write oh, yeah. uh, ahead of time. How to prepare. That, yeah, it, it's all just practice, practice, yeah. practice. People say it, but it's so true. And like you said, we, we wanted to start with the free because we just knew we can do this simply. Simply, I don't know if that's a... Simply, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but no, we can just add an E in the middle there. <laughs> It'll be simply. It's great. It's easy to do. And, and we figured if, like I said, if a few people start to like it, then we get some traction, then we yep. can go forward. And, and we did recently just put stuff on Podbean. On Podbean. Yeah. yeah. So we started there and and I'm trying to figure out the iTunes stuff. I got I don't know if we can talk after the show. 100%. But. The, what I really liked about what you guys did and what I'm actually going to probably break away after this and next week talk to Sean about YouTube and we've said this about every other piece of video that we've <laughs> always worked with. YouTube is so searchable because of its um accessibility with Google oh, or okay. ownership, ownership, or ownership <laughs> by Google. Yeah. Yeah. Partnership is a really nice way to say I own you, bitch. Yeah. Um, it it's so accessible and it's so it's highly promoted, right, by Google. So if I want to look up, you know, as long as you have tagged it well and your description's good, um, if I'm not looking at Dylan, I'm looking at you just so I can develop my thought next, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan, do the description. As long as the description's good, uh, you get seated really well. Right, so if someone looks up uh, Ronda Rousey Monday Night Raw, I don't. Does she do Raw? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If if they look that stuff up, you guys have a better chance of it coming up. Of for it sure. coming up, also because it is thought of as a vi piece of video content, right? Even though it isn't, it also gets placed really high. Exactly. And and much higher than than if you guys were to start up a blog, right? And just kind of type a you know four hundred word thing, and so. For that, I was like, oh, that's genius. And I said to Dylan last night, I'm like, I wonder if they did this because it's free. And and that's what it was. That was the and main the main reason with that. Yeah. Two is brilliant. We went through this thing. We recently launched uh, another podcast, but we spent 
the better part of three days looking into uh, SoundCloud, Podbean, yeah. Art Night, or Art That's for Art Something Teen, yeah. um, Spotify, Lisbon, yeah. Google Play, like, right? Like, <laughs> j- or just the hosts. Like, where where do I host this yeah. stuff? And oddly enough. At the very end of it, we're like, oh, no, we're actually going to go with the guys that we've always used, dating back to podcasts that, that Sean's produced in the past. and that Which uh, you guys did about soccer and football. Yeah. Football, no. <laughs> yeah. We're like, no, no, this is the best option. But it was days of, like, looking into it, and, and Sean talked to people on the phone and all that stuff yeah. just to try to figure out where where you should spend your money, right? And so an easy option's great. A free option's great. But I'm really happy to hear that you guys are taking another step because uh, growth is important of course right and and having having in mind where you are versus where you want to go and what are the logical steps and and we kind of we've been talking about it a lot too so we started the round table because the lookbacks take time mm-hmm. like if we're going to watch a five-hour show and i take eight out eight pages of notes and then mm-hmm. sit down and talk about the show for two hours we can't do that during the week. No. Yeah. So, and I switched jobs in between starting all this too. I cooked for 10, 12 years and decided I need to switch this. What are you up to later? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. And I, I can still do it, but I, I just needed a change for as far as career goes and mm-hmm. something closer to home. So mm-hmm. I, I got a job in town full time. You talked about creative energy or creativeness before yep. with, with making stuff. I ha- I felt at least that mentally the show has helped me so much. It felt like I had all this creative energy mm. bottled up inside of me. And it's like, how do I release this on a, a semi-regular basis? Yeah. Yep. And doing the show, like it's something to look forward to every week, mm-hmm. sitting down and talking about something that you love. And, and we've even had people ask us like, you know, why wrestling? Why did you start? And people that are, you know, outside of wrestling and it's easy to talk about. Like there's, we have right. to shorten the shows. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we, I got it last week. We were, I got younger who, who, again, if we come back, well, he'll be with us. But he, he was talking about wrestlers cause he's more like you and he watches new Japan ROH yeah. outside of WWE. And he's given us all these names for people that could pop, pop up in WWE. So we, I kind of had to cut him off. Like, yeah. man, we're getting to the end of the show here. We'll, we'll come back next week. <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing, right? Is the, especially with wrestling right now. I think we're on a bit of a. We're, I don't know if we're at the top, but I think with the it's amount definitely of con- a good point. The amount of content that's out there, like yeah. even five hours a week of WWE, <laughs> like just in SmackDown and Raw, and then you have more and more and more in other places. How could you not do uh, that it, much content? Yeah. Because there's so much. It's 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 it's, it's crazy. Wild. I feel like I should tell the story about how I got back into it. Definitely. Because yeah. because was, you had said earlier on, you said you took a break. Yeah. So yeah. it was we kind of, did, yeah. yeah, we both did. Yeah. He can talk about his too. But. Disappointed in you, Donovan. Uh, <laughs> he watched a lot more than Nick, me. Nick, I understand. Donovan, <laughs> fuck bro. <laughs> this guy's watching VHS tapes when I was fucking not even, didn't even know what wrestling was. But anyway, so 2015, I, I was working, I actually worked at HMV for two and a half years which yeah. is a super cool job to work at half of our listenership is going to say what's hmv which is really That's sad yeah, because I it's the place so. i spent every saturday <laughs> in at the listening station for like three hours i'm gonna go off tangent really yeah, quick please do before i finish that so. we should rename the podcast actually off off topic yeah. or off ta- <laughs> on tangent yeah. off topic on tangent on t- there we go because that's everything we do speaking of that i need to know how the name stringers came 100 later but so hmv this is how me and Donovan met, because we only met each other in 2015. Yeah, he came into the store to buy the Chris Jericho DVD when he's in his limo. I don't know if you've seen that cover of that DVD. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it came out 2015, and I was working, and he he bought the DVD, and I kind of oh, I just started watching wrestling again. This is cool. Like he's like, oh yeah, I seen it on the TV or whatever, and 
who knew that we would have had a podcast together three years <laughs> yeah. later? <laughs> well, I think you. No, we talked for a minute about it. He was because he <sighs> WrestleMania had just passed. Yeah. Right? So he was telling me he just got back into it. He had like a little get together. Yeah, yeah I had a people over because I, I do these big parties for WrestleMania and stuff, fun, make food and do a big prize and stuff just to get the casual fans more into it. Donovan had bought the DVD and then I, I said, yeah, you know, I started watching it. Um, I forget where I was going to go for this. Just how great of friends you guys are. <laughs> came. Just, we they, started talking look, about wrestling. It was a job. So what, he asked me, what everyone missed is that they looked longingly into each other's eyes. <laughs> Neither of them had anything else to say. <laughs> and it went to an awkward pause that hopefully we're going to edit out later. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but we we just bonded over the wrestling. And then yeah. he asked if we were we were hiring for Christmas. Yeah. So then he applied. He got the job. And then we would talk about wrestling pretty Congratulations much. Congratulations on the new job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Four <laughs> years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we proceeded for six months. I don't know if I seen him, mm-hmm. but every Tuesday and Wednesday, I would write paragraphs back and forth with this guy about Monday Night Raw. And it was just, oh, what did you think about this segment and that? And yeah. This guy. And it was like novels to the point where I was like, you want to come watch a pay-per-view? Like maybe right. hang out? Like, And then, yeah, I kind of just- like how I got in my last relationship. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so yeah. And then that stemmed into- us hanging out more and more and going to live shows and then and starting to look back. I think we have fi- we found something that we're exactly the same on, and that's the ability not just to dip a toe in or just step in the water. I'm going to go to the deep end, and, and I'm going to hold myself under for as long as I can pretty much. before I start choking my friends with the information <laughs> that I have. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of how it all started because – before all that, like, I mean, we talked about hockey a bit. I was huge hockey guy for mm. years, like all the way through college. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be a fan, but I'm a huge Ducks fan. I've liked the Ducks from the time I was a kid with the movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then when I really started to get into it, it was like 2005 or so, right before they changed their logo and everything. Yep. So I was, I mean, I could show you pictures. I got a lot of hockey stuff. I just, the hockey industry has kind of gotten me down mm-hmm. lately. And I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but this stuff, it comes to, back to the, the Nylander stuff guys pulling stuff like that Mm -hmm. it doesn't make me want to watch a sport where again i know you guys are big hockey guys but i don't you're not offending me at all well yeah i guess you're not i've been sports you're more covering sports than i'm more covering i'm very weird first of all i'm just (laughs) if i'm gonna have anything on my headstone when i die it's just clayton hansler he was very weird i consume a lot of sports without the fandom if that makes yeah. sense like i i it's all very academic for me mm-hmm. learning and understanding and seeing and i go through a weird process and i i would say for sean too you're not going to offend him oh if, no if, yeah if, if you were to take a shot just, at the nhl i mean we're it's a toronto podcast and yeah. i'm talking bad about the leafs <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't want to take too much hate but it's more just i the way i look at it at yep. least if you play in the nhl it was your dream to play in the NHL. Yeah. Every guy that's there was the best guy from their town somewhere. And it was the dream to play professional hockey. To me, holding out for money to something, I get that it's it's all perspective and, and yeah. relative to everybody else in the league. But to me, it just says that the money is worth more than your childhood dream. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but that's kind of the way that I look at it. There's a couple weird things. I want to touch on this for a sec, if you yeah. don't mind. No, no. Just through experience and just life experience as well. Your 20s or late teens is not a great time to be making millions and millions of dollars uh, <laughs> or or to be negotiating contracts. I will even look through my 20s and every negoti- uh, contract negotiation 
and the mindset I had going into it and what I was like. It's very weird because, first of all, you're very insecure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. That's just you haven't figured yourself out yet. You as a human are insecure, let alone if Dylan over here across the table, I find out is making twice my salary. I'm like, I know I'm not as good as Dylan and I'm not, you know, as handsome as Dylan and I'm not going to get all the extra marketing bits as Dylan. But I bet you I'm worth three quarters of Dylan. Right. And, and that plays on you yeah. because you have been proving yourself from the time you were f- like you played because it was fun from the time you were five to 10 or yeah. five to 11. And then, at that. That, then you switch into this mode where you're proving yourself mm-hmm. and you're proving the doubters and you're trying to, to just be better than the guys around you so that you can be part of that 1% that play pro. The difference in your brain between 11 and 18, I'm not going to say is that gigantic. Uh, <laughs> like you, you do learn a lot, yeah. right? You have finished high school by 18. Aside from puberty, you're probably pretty much the same. <laughs> you haven't really experienced life. You haven't discovered yourself. You haven't put relationships in context. Yeah. And, and you haven't... I, I say this very lightly because everyone experiences different things. You probably haven't experienced the worst day of your life yet at 18, right? Or safe 11. To, safe to say probably. So, probably, but I, I want to leave it open to of people course. who have different life journeys. So you enter your 20s comparing yourself all the time to the people around you, not 100% of who you are. And it's not until you kind of go through that next phase of maturity and it generally happens in athletes when you're starting to look at things retrospectively and that is something you can say across all sports that any of us have worked in that you have a much easier time with people who are like 30 and over than you do with people in their 20s just because they've and not that you don't get these awesome gems of people who are in their 20s but generally when they're looking back when you're only 30 and you're looking back at the best days of your career, your eyes open to the people who support you, the staff who are there, the family who have been there, how much you've actually made and and versus all your peers that you went to school with and the fact that, hey, you know what, uh, Johnny's making – $55,000 a year, yeah. you know, any supporting a family already, you start putting everything in perspective. And whenever there's something like what happened recently with Nylander comes up, my brain always goes to, oh yeah, but he's young. Yeah. Like he'll... And it's true. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Dylan can speak on it as well. Like I... Because you're young, right, Dylan? <laughs> well, I just mean like for, from the mentality aspect, like I'm a different person than I was in 2011, like you said, when I when we were going into college. Like you... you and how old's Nylander? Not 26, you know what I mean? I Not 26. No. no. So it, you change... Even just me being 26, and I know however young or old that might be, I haven't experienced a lot. So it's... Right. But at the same time, you you don't know how to use a, a dishwasher well, no. <laughs> or a stove. But I can use a mixer. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that really matters. Yeah, I can do the show. But what I think's perhaps the underlying point, at least the way I perceive it, and maybe we'll end on this, is the scripts and the stories that the leagues choose to follow. And this ties back to what I was saying about Vince Jr. including himself as a character in in the day to day or the the week-to-week ongoing of WWE and how that panned out. Every league has the choice as to what script and what story their league is going to tell, Mm -hmm. where they choose to 
pick battles, where they choose to listen to the public, where they choose to lead the charge, where they choose to bring franchises and not bring franchises. There is a script that they have all decided on because they believe as presidents, as as people charged to make something even more profitable, they believe this is the right way to go. And if we look at the three big ones, Batman, Goodell, and uh, Silver, they all have chosen very different paths. Mm-hmm. All their leagues are in different spots, but they have all chosen very different paths. And it is easy for the voting public to get behind someone like Adam Silver because of what he has decided to stand for. Yeah. And the NHL, I think, has, at least in Canada, has realized – actually, forget that – in Toronto has realized that they better start playing to the younger generation Absolutely. more – because you have lost you know, yeah. more than a decade, maybe two decades of people. I love the comparison, though, that you make between those three. And I'm Vince. just trying to understand it. No, no. And I, I've never really looked at it that way. I'm curious to know your guys' opinions of maybe if that was in the back of Vince's mind back then. I don't know how unpopular Batman and stuff was in the 90s but or, or the commissioners were in the it's, 90s. But It's an interesting one because, yeah, I uh, even when we were talking about it earlier, I'm like, is this something that Vince even thought about or if it's like, and sort of going more into the minutia of wrestling, but it was happening a bit with like even Bischoff at WCW at the time, which yeah. is, oh, yeah. and you're, and Fair you're enough. like, oh, well, is it something that they did? And then they, you, you jumped on it and thought about it. So I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I definitely, definitely think that understanding very like, at the heart of every story in wrestling, it goes back to good guy versus bad guy and and pushing towards it. And it's like, okay, how do you make the biggest villain possible? Well, we can't murder anyone mm-hmm. in wrestling, <laughs> which yeah. they've tried, which they've tried. Oh, they oh. threw the giant off of a building into Vince, the water. Vince, Vince himself. <laughs> that um, was the circumstances of that. It's yeah. a whole separate topic so in general. So basically, all I'm saying is that how do you make them super villains without murdering or doing anything really... Well, you got to have the richest man in the world. Like, even you go back to Million Dollar Man, but you got the guy yeah. who has all the power and you go from there. So... And that's you go across any movie, any sort Which, of superhero. Yeah. It's, it's it's That's just sort of where the crux is. So I don't know if it has... If if they went to other sports, but I think that helps. I think it, it gives you cues because once again, us finding this out in an hour experiment being like, oh yeah, that's that's where it is. I'm mm-hmm. sure that at some point it hit them. I just don't know if it was a part. Of- I would, just being people who are expected to be the brain trust of, of something, especially when it's an entertainment something. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why that's a little bit different in my mind at least is because you get to write essentially an actual script as to how you want things to like now. Yeah. I mean, now they don't have, it's different. It's come, it's, it's different. The promos now that, are, are pretty much, I would say, and I can't, I'm not, I'm not a writer and I've never been behind the scenes at WWE, but I, as far as I know, the promos are pretty much 100% scripted. There might be a few guys here or there who, that and, can work yep. with their writer as well. Yeah, it's not. But, but as being at the top, you can control it. Like being you're at saying. the top, you can lay out what the next year looks like in terms of your storylines. In theory, yes. In, yeah. in theory. <laughs> because, like, do they do that? I don't yeah, know if they go that far ahead. Just even like I was. Listening- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how a year, Clay. Let's start on three yeah, I, weeks. Well, like I was listening to a podcast coming in. Uh, Eighty-three weeks, uh, great podcast. Yeah, for anyone who wants to give it a listen, but. Uh, Eric Bischoff was speaking about we went into 1993, the biggest show of the year, mm-hmm. and we changed our mind a week before to know that this guy's going to be the champion. Interesting. And this is the biggest show at the end of the year, 
And in everyone's mind, you're like, of course, you plan a year and you're like, this is going to be the story. The entire, right. And at the end, here's the end. But it changes. And it changed year after year. So you're like, whoa, you're at the highest position in the company and you still make changes days in advance on the biggest moment. Yeah. And it, it's just crazy because you're completely right. You're like, you should have a full story. You write a script to a movie mm-hmm. and you're like, this is how it's going to end. And the movie's going to end that way. But in all fairness, you know, t- t- film is something I might know a little bit more yeah. about. <laughs> you know, it always gets rewritten on set. They said if uh, a film's always found three times, one time in the writing, like in the script, yeah, one yeah. time in the performance, and a third time in the edit. Because the you oxygen, always start yeah. making decisions and you're like, oh, that worked in my head. But it doesn't really actually work. So that makes complete sense. Um, I think we have enough to save, like, to commit to doing this again. I, I, I don't I, think I, this has to be our last time because I haven't even – I asked one question kind of, <laughs> but I didn't even really figure anything out. I so hope you learned something at least from I, our- NXT yeah. is is probably where I want to start. Uh, so, no, here's what I learned. SummerSlam's coming to Toronto, yeah, yeah. which I didn't know until this second. <laughs> and we are going to – maybe that's what we'll do it around. Maybe we'll uh, – around SummerSlam, we'll find a way either to go or to review it yeah. or, or to meet up there and do something. Uh, I think yeah. it would be a lot of fun. Amazing. You let us know and we'll make it happen. We will make it happen. Uh, 83 Weeks is a podcast. 83 Weeks yeah, 83 is a weeks. podcast Sean mentioned, but you guys don't want to listen to that one. <laughs> what you actually want to listen to is Pro Wrestling Look Back. You can find it right now on YouTube and on Podbean. For now, and it's and you'll submitted be able to, to iTunes. So you'll we'll be f- able to find it soon on uh, on iTunes, and we can talk about guys yeah. more of that later and what we figured out as we kind of stumble through the dark grasping at things yeah. uh you, nick you've listened before which means you probably know how we want to end things yeah i gotta say one more thing before sure. we go though i have to shout out lauren because how because i don't know if we would be here if it wasn't for her because that was the episode that kind of made me like oh i'm gonna check this, this guy out i was subscribed really uh, lauren howe was the one what <laughs> what could it have been Let's, about lauren howe I, I may or may not have been following her on, Inst- on instagram she's already. brilliant uh so incredible friend and what a great like she made our top our best of 2018 or whatever we want to call it it was cool all your top five were all episodes that i listened to because i haven't had a chance to listen to everything but they were all ones that i had listened to so yeah i just wanted to say because that's when i reached out to you on twitter to let you know that i i I liked the episode and and thank you what stemmed the let's do a crossover so shouts lauren howe uh we finally made it happen yeah which is great because that lauren howe episode came out july and so we just you know worked through six months some trips and stuff yeah we we traveled a little bit we moved a little bit we had got through christmas and now you guys are here thanks for having us that was great so from myself i love this part from sean first time on the pod yay sean From Dylan, obviously from Nick and Donovan from Pro Wrestling Look Back, and from Luca, who uh, is going to have to deal with this audio at some later date. Please, please, please be good to yourself. And eat your vegetables. Stay classy. <laughs> <laughs>